1: Hello, Vineyard family. <laughs> we're blessed and excited to be able to come to you this week as we do our fourth week on Corona Church. Wow, it's really been different. Uh, nothing feels quite normal. I suppose you're going through some of the same things. I want you to know we're praying for you. We're yeah. lifting you up.
2: We love you. This has been hard on all of us. And how and I take seriously praying over the church, over people by name even, And if you have a specific prayer request for your family, your business, your health, please feel free to email us. Our emails are on the church website. We take that seriously. We want to pray for you at this time. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Speaking of time, we're heading into Holy Week, probably the most important week in all of history. You know, if you think about it, the events of the death, the burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ— Changed everything for the people that lived before the cross, changed everything for us that live after. It's like, wow. Yeah. And we want to take today and work together, sharing back and forth to strengthen you, encourage you, because we live in a shaking time, and we're going to talk about that some. We're going to talk about time some, but I want you to know we have a kingdom that cannot be shaken.
2: Yes, that's the most important.
1: We're going to talk about that (laughs) and how it affects you and I and... uh, how we're going to do well, this.
2: everything's being shaken. That's not news to any of you. And it's interesting that that was actually prophesied way back in Haggai and repeated in the book of Hebrews, where everything is going to be shaken. And we're experiencing some of that shaking, whether it's in finances or government or the medical system. It's all being shaken. But I love how that passage in Hebrews concludes. It says in Hebrews 12, 26, Since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, let us be thankful and please God by worshiping him with holy fear and awe. So we've received Jesus' kingdom that is unshakable. I think more importantly than that is we've received the king. (laughs) He lives inside of you. And that is unshakable. And so that should give us great hope in this time of shaking and uncertainty.
1: So how do you receive him?
2: (laughs) Well, yeah, just say, Jesus, I love you, come. And really, it's important in this time when fear is going rampant that we maintain a posture of faith.
1: Oh, you really hit the nail on the head. Yeah. You know, 40-some years ago when we started, we talked a lot about faith. And one of our favorite verses, Romans 117, the righteous, that's all of us. Yes. All of us who believe. We've been given the righteousness of Christ. We're to live by faith. And you know, faith is the only way we please God. So somehow faith, shaking, all this has to fit together.
2: Well, it's interesting. We learned a really important lesson and it's actually served us well for over 40 years. It's that in times of trouble and shaking and unrest, don't be swayed by the circumstances. And it's so easy because we look at those and the very definition of faith is faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. And of course, Abraham, who is the father of our faith, his whole story spoke so much to us as he was promised to have millions of descendants, and yet he couldn't bear a child at the age of 100. But I like how Paul tells us in Romans, he, Abraham didn't consider the circumstances. He, he actually didn't even look at the deadness of his body. He instead look to the promises that Father had given to him. And out of that, he was able to have a faith that changed the world. So we want to be men and women of faith in this time.
1: And we're not talking about just simply mind over matter. No. We're talking about believing (laughs) in the rock, Jesus Christ. So as we look at that and talk about it, hear what we're saying, and I think you'll understand faith ties into this. But we're coming into Palm Sunday weekend, Wow.
2: We think that's significant.
1: It's hugely significant, especially as we play off this timing thing. Um, Palm Sunday, if you'll recall, was the time Jesus rides a donkey, of all things, into Jerusalem. Now, if you've watched something like Ben-Hur, or by the way, you ought to watch that with your family. (laughs) It's a a great, great story. (laughs) It has to do with the crucifixion. But if you watch it, all the Roman leaders came in in great stallions. Here's Jesus coming in on donkey. Humble. But, But the people are going wild. If you remember your Sunday school days or maybe your children have brought palm branches home, the people were throwing palm branches down, saying, Hosanna to the king. This is it. They're excited. They believe the greatest time in the land of Israel has come since King David. Right, right. And they have been promised a Messiah. David comes along. He's delivered them from everybody. They think Jesus is going to do the same thing and take out the Romans. The Romans are the country that controls Israel, Judea at this time, Jerusalem, they get one thing wrong. The enemy wasn't Rome, it was Satan.
2: The enemy is never people. <laughs> it might seem like that even now with the mess we're in, but the enemy is never people. We know who the enemy is. His name is Satan, and he has a lot of minions that do his bidding. But that was not the enemy. And, you know, Jesus wept as he entered Jerusalem at that time, and he said, I think this is so significant, Hat, that his people had missed the time of Jesus Christ, the visitation of the kingdom of God. They had missed the time. I don't want to miss out on what is the time that is upon us? Well, the timing the, 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 is significant. Yeah, yeah, and the
1: Romans were so shocked because they went from a king on Sunday To a crucified man by Friday. Right. And their whole world's turned upside down. But what is happening here, this is the kingdom of God, of which is a foundation around this place. We talk about the kingdom coming, changing everything. In fact, the kingdom is God coming to earth to establish for humanity his kingdom. Now, he's been king forever, but 2,000 years ago, he launches it on planet earth. It affects us. and. Jesus actually even commented.
2: Well, Jesus, I think, again, thinking about time, Jesus said as he began his ministry, he says, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. So, timing is very, very important. And this is to when, God. from yes. a
1: timing point of view, the kingdom is launched. Yes. It's verified. In fact, the events of this week, 2,000 years ago, guarantee the kingdom. To be an eternal kingdom.
2: Yes. We haven't seen the full consummation of it. But in light of the fact that it's Holy Week, I think it's significant, too, that this week, on Wednesday night, April 8th, is the official launch of the Jewish Passover. And that's very, very significant. Uh, As we know, Passover was the time in the history of the Israeli people that the entire you know, nation of Egypt was shook to its core, and God delivered and protected his people as he you know, set them free from the bondage of uh, death and the Egyptians. And so Passover is very, very significant, and this should not uh, be lost on any of us The timing even of this week. As a matter of fact, can you just say with us together? We're gonna make a statement, and it's really important for all of us who are living in fear or confusion. It's going to be up there on the screen for you. Are you ready? Okay, ready. We We can can trust God's timing. timing, and we can. And so, even today, as we get ready to share specifically on this timing of the Passover, and the power of the blood of Jesus that we're celebrating this week also. Uh, let's go ahead and pray and invite the Holy Spirit to just open our hearts and comfort us and teach us as we exalt the, the truth that Jesus has shed his blood and he has set us
1: free. Father, in Jesus' name, we just want to thank you that you established a kingdom, you put a king in place named Jesus Christ, We're participants. Lord, there's so much that you're doing on planet Earth right now. Show us how we can enter in, understand it, participate with you. Holy Spirit within us, show us how we can uh, be part of the story that you're writing right now for the people on Earth and that we can tell our story for years to come and make a difference here in this world. In Jesus' name, amen.
2: Well, Hap, I know you and I have been listening and weighing different prophecies that have been spoken around the world specifically for this Passover week. Could, could you share some of that and your thoughts on sure, that? Sure,
1: I'd be happy to. We've been spending a lot of time trying to find out what our friends are saying around the country, people we're connected with, and the prophets are speaking. Of course, God said he would speak through his prophets when he's doing something important. So we've had lots of prophecies over our 40-some years. Uh, many of them are yeah. encouraging. Many of yeah. them are helpful. Uh, sometimes they give you a little inkling into the future. By the way, prophecy, for those of you who might be new, is found in 1 Corinthians 12. It's one of the important gifts. It's very active in the New Covenant. And um, some of the things we're hearing go like this. There's a man named Chuck Pierce, a well-known international prophet who, last fall, 2019, said the nations would be in turmoil in early 2020.
2: Until Passover, which well, I think is interesting. He actually
1: clarified that in January. He said in January 26, he went on and said there would be a plague that would cover the nations, and it would be uh, dealt with at Passover.
2: Yes. Well, it would test us through Passover, I think, is right. the wording that he used. And but- so
1: we never like to take just one word, so we started even searching further, and uh, we came across a man named... Um, Lou Engel, who runs the SEND ministry, he does stadium full of prayer ministries. He's
2: currently right now with thousands of people around the world on a 40-day fast that ends on April 8th. And so we felt like there was such an alignment Yeah, and he had called a
1: fast march first somewhere during that fast. The Lord awakened him in the evening and said to him, I'm going to deal with this on Passover. Passover. Timing, timing, (laughs) timing. So then we looked up. What a, a prophet that we all know, we've had him here, Sean Boltz, yeah. and you can find Sean on, on the internet. Uh, he basically said the same thing, put out a great prophetic um, prayer guide for this whole thing. And we began to think, wait a minute, is God saying something that's about timing that we should pay attention to? Because we try to respect the whole body of yes, Christ. We try yes. to say, what are the prophetic people? that are more mature saying among us, how does it line up with where God is taking us? Yes. Uh, what do we do? And, of course, we've spent extra time praying and fasting. Um, partly, well, in
2: many of the church, many of you are yeah, fasting right along with us. And, partly
1: from what you guys said last right, week, but right. as well as what we're hearing nationwide. So
2: Well, and we know, again, our, our faith isn't in the prophet or even the prophecy. Our faith is in God. And we know his heart is to deliver us, protect us, bring us through this plague, whether it ends this week or not. Our confidence is in him. And just the unity and humility that we've witnessed around the world is fascinating because God's word is so clear. All throughout history, God, he doesn't change in that he loves his people. He wants his people set free. He delivers his people from the evil one. And Passover is such a profound lesson in that, God's love and protection and deliverance of his people. And we thought it's, like, it's so supernatural, so miraculous. Again, Passover begins this week on April 8th. It runs for seven days through April 16th. And Jewish people around the world will be celebrating that. But we thought, okay, let's see. Let's take a look in the scripture again at the actual Passover account, which is recorded for us in Exodus 12. And you can go and read that account. But because we know you're watching, many of you with families and kids, why not watch a little clip from the Bible Project where you can get an idea exactly what is happening in the biblical story of Passover, where God has anointed Moses to lead his people out of a 400-year bondage, under the Egyptians, so let's watch. So
3: Moses goes to Pharaoh to tell
0: him this this news that God wants his people free. And Pharaoh, he just pretty much laughs at him. He's like, Who, "Who's this God Yahweh?" And in fact, he's so offended by this request, he decides to make the Israelites work even harder. So discouraged,
3: Moses goes back to God and says, "Listen, this." Plan's not going to work.
0: But God repeats his promise that he's going to rescue them. And in fact, it's right here for the first time in the Bible that we hear the word redemption. It literally just means to purchase a slave's freedom. But God here uses this word to describe what he's going to do for enslaved Israel.
3: And God knows Pharaoh is going to resist, so he sends 10 different plagues, one after another, like turning water into blood, sending
0: all sorts of pests and disease. These plagues are really severe. They are severe, but we need to understand that the story is presenting these as acts of divine justice against one of the worst oppressors in the story of the Bible. And they're all aimed at the purpose of rescuing these enslaved people and defeating the gods of Egypt.
3: This all comes to a climax at the 10th plague, where God's going to kill the firstborn sons
0: across all Egypt, every house. It's pretty rough. It is, but it's also God's response for how Pharaoh killed the Israelite sons. Now, as you turn the page, you
3: suddenly get two long chapters of detailed instructions for what's essentially throwing a
0: dinner party with a recipe for a lamb. Yeah, but this lamb is super important. God tells the Israelites to pick it out and to prepare it to be eaten. And they're supposed to take its blood and then paint it all over the doorframe of their house. And anyone who is in that house will be spared from this final plague. And so this meal, which is called Passover, it commemorates this key moment in the story where God brings his justice on human evil, but also shows mercy by providing this substitute.
3: This final plague makes Pharaoh angry and he demands that Israel gets out of Egypt.
2: I loved how that clip, you know, the blood... The blood drips down, it, it forms the cross. It's foreshadowing, which we're going to get to in a moment, the actual death of Jesus Christ on the cross. But it's important to know as the death angel came through that night and every firstborn child and beast was slain in the land of Egypt, that death angel passed over the homes that had the blood on the doorpost. And, you know, Moses had said, Choose a perfect lamb, which is very significant. And then in Exodus 12, 23, he said, but when he sees the blood on the top and sides of the doorframe, the Lord will pass over your home. He will not permit his death angel to enter your house and strike you down.
1: That's just just an incredible (laughs) story. It's a great story. story. Not, Not only is that the linchpin that sets them free. Yes, now stop and think. This is an impossible nation for them to overcome. They're slaves. Impossible. They, yeah. they have no weapons. They don't have. And, and God takes them out in an event. But I, I want to pick up on something you said. You said four hundred years. Yes. Abraham was given the prophetic word. And I remember, we're talking about prophecy and yes. timing. He was given prophetic word while he was still alive, that his children and grandchildren and descendants would go into Egypt and be there yes. 400 years. Yes. Didn't they come out on the very day the very day of the end of the 400 yes. years?
2: Yes, and that's been documented by Bible scholars. And again, you know, we can trust God's timing.
1: Oh, that, yeah, I that, mean,
2: the timing is incredible. That gives us great confidence. So
1: now we're, we're sitting here at Passover, which is one of the great Jewish holidays. It's the, the most Vista.
2: foundational holiday and because it celebrates not just freedom, freedom from slavery, freedom from death. It celebrates the launch of them as a nation of God's chosen people. Yeah. But
1: here's what I want to say to each of you. Yeah. First Corinthians 10 says that the stories of the Old Testament yeah. are examples for you. Bible scholars will tell you that the story of coming out of the captivity of Egypt is the same one we come out of in the captivity of sin. Sin. And it is how we get set free. And we have a Passover lamb, which you're going to talk about yes. in a minute. And It's a foreshadowing of the good things that God does for us. And it's way better than we sometimes think. Those Israelites had a good deal that night of Passover. <laughs> we have an amazing one in our salvation experience and in what he's done for us. So I, I just think it goes on into the new covenant. I know you're going to talk well, about how this all fits together.
2: Uh, the, the Bible is fascinating. When you begin to see how it tells one story and how so much of the old Testament, don't ever neglect the old Testament. there's so many types and shadows of what is coming. There's so many prophecies of what is coming and Jesus, it ends up, is actually the fulfillment of the typology of the Passover lamb, that perfect lamb that was slain and whose blood was put on the doorpost. And when we see what the different people in the Bible said, John, for instance, said very clearly as Jesus came on the scene, he said, look, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, you know, not just covers it up. He takes away the sin of the world. And then later, Peter made mention of, you know, God, he has redeemed us. Redemption being a huge aspect of this, not with things like silver and gold. No, no, no. It was with the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless lamb of God. So, we have a, a whole new covenant yeah.
1: that, that that's was exciting. based
2: on that blood, a blood covenant with the living God. Yes.
1: Just a quick Bible lesson. God deals with this on the basis of covenant.
2: Well, because covenant represents our relationship. Like, what's involved in
1: our relationship with R- God? What, what's our what Right. How's He going to deal with us? What yeah. do we do better? Kind back? of like
2: our covenant of marriage. Yeah. It's I been, mean, it's, it's, it's a relationship, good. it's not Almost just a contract. 50 years. Almost. Um,
1: but getting back to the blood covenant and yeah. the new covenant, right. the New Testament and new covenant aren't the same. Jesus, when he goes to the, uh, the, in the uh, actually not be, before he went to the cross, but when he went to the last supper, he yes. says uh, a famous line in, in Matthew twenty six twenty eight. He said, my blood of the new covenant, when he handed them the cup, this is my blood of the new covenant. What's he talking about? He's talking about a new way of dealing with us. He's going to be the Passover lamb the next day. But he's saying, wow, I'm starting something new. Remember, if the Israelites had it so good under an older covenant, we have it much better because as the old covenants are now fulfilled or obsolete. Yes. And ours is a better covenant.
2: Well, Passover is actually the launch of the new covenant. <laughs> and, and you know, the, I love that text you read Hap, uh, from Matthew 26, 28. For this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for... The forgiveness of sins that's extremely important and i think this next section is just like as we studied this and we're reminded of these truths when we think about the crucifixion of what happened for, to jesus it's so significant that we understand he was crucified during the time of passover so the jews are all in jerusalem celebrating passover And on the day that he died, it was the 14th day of the first month of the Jewish calendar, which is when Passover is launched. And at the third hour, the Bible tells us, at 9 a.m., Israel's high priest, he would tie the Passover lamb on the altar for for sacrifice. At exactly 9 a.m., the scripture tells us, Jesus was nailed to the cross on Golgotha. Hmm. Then... A time lapse of six uh, or so hours. The Passover lamb and Jesus, the lamb of God, await death. And finally, at 3 p.m. in the afternoon, the high priest ascends the stairs. He takes uh, the knife. He slits the throat of the Passover lamb. The blood spills forth. And at exactly the same time on Golgotha, as Jesus hangs on the cross, it's 3 p.m., He says, as blood drips from his uh, head and his hands and his feet, it is finished. Those are the very same words uttered by the high priest as he approached that altar and slit the blood, the the neck of the lamb. Jesus is our Passover lamb. And then the veil was rent in two. Why? There's no need for any Passover anymore. (laughs) That was kind
1: of neat. No bones were broken.
2: That is significant. That was actually prophesied, prophesied in the uh, uh, Old Testament that not one bone would be broken. And the Roman soldier came to actually break the bones of Jesus, and he realized, oh, he's already dead. And instead, he just took his sword and he pierced his side, which fulfilled another prophecy that all shall look on him who was pierced as the blood and water gushed forth. And,
1: of course, the Passover lamb in Exodus, they could not break any bones of that lamb.
2: Not one bone. You're right. Yeah, so he so, is the Passover lamb. And, of course, he's without blemish. He's without fault, as the Passover lamb had to be that the, the Jewish people always uh, sacrifice. Yeah, I, I kind of yeah.
1: smile here because a lot of people think God just kind of does what he wants. Yeah, right. and go by the spirit. <laughs> no, God's pretty precise on yeah, certain right. things and it appears timing is a big deal and and then these prophetic words we're hearing in the Passover time. We, we don't know everything, but we know several things. This plague is not from God. No. It's from the enemy. He's the one who is stealing, killing, destroying. Yes. He's determined to wipe you out. In fact, those prophets go on and say they believe this is supposed to be the year of a billion soul harvest. harvest. Yeah. So God has big plans. They believe Satan is deliberately trying to just uh, make a mess and cause trouble and keep us all. In fact, there were 20 stadium events, and prophets have said for years there would come great stadiums full of people worshiping God yes. and there'd be great healing. Yes. So obviously, we don't have any stadium events. So,
2: no, <laughs> social uh, distancing. <laughs> there's
1: There's some words in conflict, if you will. If Satan wins, those aren't going to happen. Yes. If God wins, they're going to happen. So I just think this whole thing of passing over us on Passover, the plague, there's too many parallels here to not be paying attention.
2: Also, have, it's interesting. I was doing a little bit of study of the Hebrew word of Passover. It actually has a much bigger connotation than just Passover, as powerful that, as that is. It's to rescue, to protect and to deliver and so we again believe that i mean that's what our god does that's who he is and you know that whole story of the passover it's just it's kind of weird i mean a lot of people try to debunk it you know that that actually happened we believe it happened we believe it's a supernatural miraculous deliverance just like we're actually trusting god for now and it can seem foolish you know what Paul said? The message of the cross is foolishness to many. And I want to be a fool for Christ. How about you? That's be... what it takes
1: to get healed. I know. I'm all for it. Whatever I can get of God and whatever he wants me to be, I want to go for him 100%. Well,
2: and maybe even some of you watching, you maybe you've never received Jesus as your Passover lamb. You know, the one who took on all of your sin who took on all of your sickness took on all of your shame took on the enemy on your behalf you can receive him just simply right now by saying jesus i receive you as the lord as the king of my life as my passover lamb you know the the text that uh this is one of many that remind us again of the power of that blood for redeeming us and setting us free and giving you a brand new life from Ephesians says, since we are now joined to Christ, which is what happens when you receive him, we have been given the treasures of redemption. How? By his blood. The total cancellation of our sins. All because of the cascading riches of his grace. And so... How do we, like, appropriate that, Hap? How do we, like, make that real in our own lives? I think one word that captures it, and you could add to this, is we trust. We trust him. We trust he is the Passover lamb, that what he's done is for our freedom and for our deliverance, for the forgiveness, the cancellation of all sin.
1: And, of course, trust is another word for faith.
2: Yes, faith. faith We circle back to faith. Faith in his
1: promises, faith in who he is, faith in what he's done, faith in what he said. You believe it. You receive it. There's a great verse in the Passion Translation coming out of 1 Corinthians 5-7. Listen closely to this, because I think sometimes we, we don't take seriously enough this concept. It says, so remove every trace of your leaven of compromise with sin, so that you might become new and pure again. For indeed, you are clean because of Christ. Our Passover lamb has been sacrificed for us.
2: Wow. Okay, so we're we're, we're coming to the conclusion here. We're trying to give you just practical, okay, how does all this fit together? We are saying, let's trust our Passover lamb And the way we demonstrate that trust is we take a look at our lives and, first of all, is there fear? Is there anxiety? Is there confusion? We can stop. Jesus is who he says he is. And, you know, are we living in a way that reflects this incredible sacrifice of the Passover lamb, the total cancellation of our sins and making us clean?
1: well, I think your message last week where you guys talked about give, give. pray, fast. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking for many years, we've talked around here about our time, energy, and money. That's all we have. That's
2: all we have. time, yeah. energy, and money.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's intriguing to me how those three parallel. You know, time has to do with our prayer life. Energy has to do with our eating life, so to speak. <laughs> and giving has to do with our, our money our life. Resources. And God's just saying, if you really love me, Make me your priority. Yeah. Make me number one in your life. Dream of me. Think yeah. of me. Yeah. Um, you know, like when you and I first met, we <laughs> were so uh, smitten with each other that that's all we thought about. Yeah. That's what Jesus wants. He, he wants a people that not necessarily you're into some awful sin, but your heart isn't anchored on it.
2: Right. And I, I do believe like that is the focus. As we said last week, this is a Matthew 6 moment for us as a church family where Jesus is clearly saying, like, I I want your trust. Matthew 6 is all about faith, okay? It's all about, do do we trust him? Okay, let's demonstrate that by living lives of generosity, living lives of, of fasting, you know, saying no to things of the world, saying no to the things that distract, and then living lives of prayer, where we're in communion with him, we're looking to him. So, you know, that would be... Uh, and using our metaphor, that's like applying the blood of the lamb to the doorposts of our house. Okay, the doorpost in scripture is used over and over again as a metaphor for your entire life. So, how do you demonstrate trust in the Passover lamb in your entire life?
1: Let's well, start with give, pray, right? fast. fast. Let's <laughs> start with, and I'd add worship and thankfulness.
2: Well, we're going to circle around to that for sure. Uh, But however the Holy Spirit tells you, and we've been giving you lots of good resources online, but we just encourage you, uh, you can walk in trust of the Passover lamb. And then we want to conclude this with where we started, uh, where we talked about everything's being shaken. And we said, but since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, let us be thankful. Let us please God by worshiping him with holy fear and awe. And you don't have to look very far in the book of Revelation, particularly Revelation 4, 5, where you see all the angelic force, all the elders, all the saints who are there bowing down to whom? It tells us, the Lamb of God. They say, you are worthy. You were slain. It's by your blood you redeemed people from every tribe and tongue and have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. These are promises. And so I think we're going to take just a yeah, moment speak, and Speaking worship. of
1: promises, let me add just one more comment. Whether or not the prophets have it right on the yes. outside, yeah. we still have Psalm 91. Yes. That's a sure word. That's a word that we know is inspired. We know it's going to happen. It says no plague will come near our dwelling. It gives angels charge over. So we have something to stand on in an unshakable uh, way in a shakable time.
2: And since we've received that, let's please God by worshiping the Lamb of God, the Passover Lamb. And I know we already worshiped earlier, and it was awesome. I mean, the songs we sang today about nothing but the blood and... My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I mean, so
1: powerful. And cornerstone.
2: Yes. Let's just take a moment. Uh, I think our, our worship team, they're ready just to lead us in response to what you just heard, that Jesus is our Passover lamb, and we can join with all the choruses of heaven and just worship together one more time. Thank you, worship team. That was beautiful. And just bring such peace to any kind of shaking that's going on, at least in my heart, as we worship the Lamb of God.
1: Yeah, speaking of shaking, I think fear is the biggest thing yeah. I want to address. And I just want to take a moment and, and talk to you about it. I'm going to pray over us. Uh, but I want you to do something for me this week. I want you to go to Philippians chapter 4. I want you to read verses 6 to 8, 13, and 19. 6 to 8 says, don't worry about anything. Pray.
2: About tell, everything. Yeah, <laughs> tell God what you need. And don't forget to thank Him. And
1: thank Him. <laughs> he'll, he'll bring it on. Um, you'll have peace. And yeah. boy, peace is in yeah. short supply. Yeah. Uh, Philippians four thirteen. one of the great memory verses of all kids. I can do all things through Christ. Yeah. I can yeah. survive. Yes. That'd be a good one. Yes, And by the way... I've been needing a hug. So I'm Aww. even going to start thinking about, I need some people to hug me, but we're supposed to <laughs> stay apart. Yeah. And number, uh, the, the 19th verse is God supplies all we need Yes. out of yeah. his riches Yeah. and his riches are unbelievable. But so let me just pray over us right now. Father, I just lift up, um, the understanding of what, uh, of your power, your presence and mm. your goodness to break this spirit of fear. That's on so many people when we see somebody we think that person could make me sick that person could cause trouble mm-hmm. in my life uh, what, what am i going to do and we start to panic lord help us to stay mm-hmm. calm stay focused on you and i just break the spirit that's trying to come over anybody that hears this message our families that would have freedom in christ and that we would know that psalm 91 is alive and well working on our behalf yes. holy spirit live big in us and give us a spirit of boldness in Jesus' name. Yeah.
0: Thanks for listening to the message today. To experience more powerful messages, go to vineyardlive.us or join our Vineyard Live Plus community to view conferences, trainings, and special teaching.